From the pleasure and the politics to the hang-ups and the heartbreak, you're listening to Passion, CJD 800. After 10.15 tonight, Relationships and the Law, Maître Linda Hammerschmidt will join us. We'll talk about the Utah ban on polygamy, and uh, she has uh, stuff to say about the Harvey Weinstein case as well. But first... Time to check out our inbox. Your texts are always welcome. Connect with Passion at 514-800. Don't forget, you can also email me your questions to laurie at drlaurie.com. Leftover from last night, can we talk exhibitionism? I get a serious thrill out of showing myself off anonymously on Reddit. I'm married and a mom. Is this wrong? So, you know, questions of morality I always find very interesting. You're talk, you're doing something there that is, uh, is it consensual? Are you sending um, nude pics of yourself to people who are not soliciting your pictures? Reddit, we know, has all kinds of stuff on there that uh, questionable, a lot of, I don't, I don't even know. There's all kinds of stuff on there. Um, you have an audience for that, so they're a willing audience. You're a willing participant. I suppose it's consensual, but have you ever thought about the issues that it might bring up later? For example, somebody try, taking your that photo and trying finding out who you are and then um, blackmailing you for it, for example, or posting it somewhere else, or using that and putting it on a porn site or something. So there's lots of things that could go wrong. I'm not saying it's wrong, but it could go wrong. Um, And it's interesting because, you know, when we talk about exhibitionism, we often talk about men exposing themselves, but there are female exhibitionists too, who get uh, a kick out of it. But when we talk about the legal definition of exhibitionism, it's different than um, than this kind of exhibitionism. So when we talk the legal way, it's like you think about the the the, the man in the trench coat who you know f- the flasher basically flashes unsuspecting people uh, in the subway or in a park or something like that, and that's definitely uh, legal. So, um, but when you're posting stuff online or anonymously online to get the thrill, that doesn't have an illegal component to it. Unless of course, you know, it's child stuff. And of course you don't want to go there, but otherwise that's, that's what it is. So that's a decision for, uh, you to make. All right, a couple more uh, questions here. I uh, Let me see. I am inquiring about info on your last night's show. I usually listen to your broadcast regularly and happen to miss last night. I only caught the last few minutes and heard about a cooking event, evening get-together for singles. Could you provide me the info for this event? So that's cookanddate.com. There's three different age group events happening in the month of March. Cook and date.com. I also would like to mention, I enjoy listening to your show. Very informative on various topics. The dating scene has changed, especially with social media. People giving, give misleading information about their profile. I find the best way to meet someone is on a one-to-one encounter. This way you could put a face to the personality of a person. 
I myself lost a 12-year relationship, which I thought was the love of my life. I'm hoping that this event is a first step in meeting that special someone. Um, well, good for you. Good for putting your uh, yourself out there, you know. All right, I have uh, a couple more here by emails, a couple emails I got today. Um, I want to let you know, this is fun, uh, that some of my friends in New England and Ontario listen to your show via the internet and love it. Thank you. I'm uh, married to a woman for 10 years and the sex life is good. We have two boys, preteen boys. There is no conflict, but my wife is a snob in some ways and it irritates me. I am a plumber, carpenter, and handyman by training and profession. I also make a very good living and pay for all the repairs, most of the mortgage, and put aside money for the children's university education. She, on the other hand, is a marketing consultant but makes less money than me. What upsets me is when she introduces me to her casual friends and acquaintances, she says to them, I'm a chartered accountant. Why the need to lie to impress others? In her family, they are all healthcare workers or financial industry workers. I'm proud of my work and income. How do I overcome this annoying attitude? I make more money than her, speak more languages than her, and she still behaves as if I'm not living up to my potential. She pestered me to go to university until recently to study part-time for a white-collar job. What can be done to change this attitude? First of all, you need to change yours, and you need to um, have some better boundaries here. When she introduces you to her friends and she says that, you step up and you say, ha funny, actually I'm a plumber or I'm in the construction business or whatever you want to say that you show your pride. And in a relationship, we should be with our partners who accept us as we are, not want to pretend to you to be somebody else or that you have to live up to certain expectations. Why did she marry you then? Uh, if she wanted a white collar person, then that's who she should have gone for. Otherwise, you you accept that. But you need to um, excuse the uh, attitude, but grow a pair here. Um, you need to change. You're not going to necessarily change her, but you need to change. And if you are not interested in a white collar job and you're not interested in going to university, then you should have put your foot down and said, I'm sorry, no, I, this is not something I want. And please respect my decision. And in a healthy relationship, there is that mutual respect and understanding and admiration, I might add. So something's missing here. I think um, if this is causing conflict and stuff in your relationship, please go see a therapist, somebody who can help you and uh, see a therapist together or you alone because it sounds to me like maybe you're not, you don't have the best boundaries uh, with your partner. I could be wrong, but I'm just going with my gut feeling on the information you've given me here. So um, it's just a hypothesis, okay? Uh, something I've been trying to sort out, and it's this idea of having had met match. In fencing, they say I've met my match, that being a person that is an equal in their sparring ability. In my past relationship, it felt like my girlfriend gave way too much to my will, and I'm still not sure if that's a strength or a weakness, as I'm a type A 
type A, maybe I need to be with someone agreeable. I felt that she was just a bit weak and scared in that sense. And for that, I felt a lack in the ability to look up to her. I restrained from walking all over her as if I pushed her, it would come out of her in a passive aggressive way, or she would be, she would be disengaged, disconnected or upset. So in, so in some way she did strike back, does biting back come in different forms? Maybe it's not about being combative because when I know someone can bite back, I back off. And more importantly, I trust they can hold their own in protecting our mutual resources as a partner. Does a significant other need to be a, I've met my match type of partner, or is a relationship about bearing these sorts of inequalities and helping each other along and helping them be assertive and have boundaries? And is a strong-willed person typically better off with someone more agreeable, and should that agreeableness be seen as a strength? So that's a, a mouthful right there. I think it's a, it's a big question. It's not your job to help the other person be assertive or create boundaries. This is something individually we all have to work on, having our own uh, boundaries. My fears, if you're a type A personality and you're with somebody who's a, as you say, like a, a pushover or what have you, you will lose maybe some of that interest and maybe you will feel that your partner isn't your uh, your match in that way, that too agreeable, too accommodating, too much of any of that is kind of codependent behavior. And you may lose some admiration for your partner in that, um, in that respect. So, and it it really is about boundaries. And I think we do respect people who set boundaries. Otherwise, some people take advantage of those who don't set boundaries. Coming up, Maître Linda Hammerschmidt joins us. She has uh, some words to say about the Harvey Weinstein uh, situation, trial, and uh, also about Utah's polygamy laws and anything else you want to throw her way about family law. A safe place to work out the kinks in any relationship. It's Passion with CGAD 800's Dr. Lori Batito. It's always an exciting night when Metra Linda Hammerschmidt joins us uh, to answer your family law questions. So if you have questions pertaining to divorce or separation, custody, anything of the sort, she is here to give you advice. 514-800 to text in. You can call in at 514-790-0800. Maître Linda is uh, on the line because uh, she's escaping this crazy winter we're having. And how is it in Florida? (laughs) Well, I hate to tell you that it quite bomb me out uh, <laughs> most of the time, but today it was actually a dip down to the 60s. Yeah, well, boo-hoo. <laughs> boo-hoo was to you. Lovely I'm, and sunny. Yeah, I'm going to send you a picture of what it looks like over here. No, all my friends have been doing that, so uh, it's okay. You can keep it. Really? Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, so I, I know you have some uh, things to say. So you always have, you know, your own opinions about things. And I, I want to hear them when it comes to uh, the law. What do you make of the uh, Harvey Weinstein uh, results, the trial, all of that? Well, I think it's interesting that he was uh, only charged with the lesser uh, crimes Uh, that the prosecution had brought against him and the charge of rape and uh, criminal assault 
uh, were not retained by the jury. And uh, I think that people have a tendency to uh, confuse the issues of the Me Too movement and this particular trial, because uh, while it may or may not be uh, accurate that certain people have, were at, you know, Put upon by Mr. Weinstein uh, in relation to whatever they thought they were going to get uh, in their careers. Uh, the fact is that the Crown or the prosecution in the United States, just like here, has a burden of proof to meet uh, beyond a reasonable right. doubt. And obviously the jury had lots of doubt, particularly because in this instance the uh, the two women whose cases were at the center of the charges uh, had, in at least one case, you know, continued to have relationships after the the complaining incident had taken place. And so I think that puts in the mind of a jury that uh, they don't necessarily believe that rape occurred or that uh, there was a sexual aggression and assault uh, by uh, by Mr. Weinstein. Mm-hmm. That said, doesn't mean that he hasn't already had to, uh, you know, pay in a certain way for whatever he did uh, based on, uh, you know, civilly, for example. He had to settle uh, at least $25 million so far with 30 women who accused him of sexual misconduct. Mm -hmm. He was fired from his own company. Uh, You know, he is going to end up in jail at one point or another, although I understand uh, his lawyers are going to take the case to appeal, but that's just really a delaying tactic. Chances are that it won't be set aside, but I don't know what exactly the penalty uh, will be for the lesser charges at the moment. Uh, usually, the the verdict is separate from the uh, from the uh, the sentence. Okay, so. and who makes the sentence? The just the judge usually? Or? No, normally it's the jury also, oh. but uh, can also just be the judge. Uh, I'm not completely sure in this particular case if that will even take place. It pending an appeal. Right. Uh, but I so. wonder, can I go back to, to that situation where uh, because the women went back or continued a relationship, it kind of reminds me of the of women who find themselves in domestic violence situations that keep going back even though they go to court they or they make complaints and then they retract and then they go back and you know till eventually it it, it, well, it gets the question it. of credibility is shot at a certain point in time if it's it's a bit the same ana- uh, situation analogous to you know the boy who cried wolf if you cry wolf and then you say okay i didn't see the wolf and you cry again and so on and so forth like you're saying at one point or another nobody's going to take you seriously even if at that point in time something actually does take place and you are accosted or raped or whatever because you lied or or uh, reneged on on your previous complaints right except that that doesn't take into account the whole psychology behind why uh, women or men even stay in abusive relationships. Like, it doesn't take any of that into account. It, just, in, in a criminal situation? Yeah. Or in a- yeah. Well, even in a criminal situation, 
like this? Like, was there anybody that testified to why uh, somebody who has been abused would go back or would continue a relationship? Well, well, of the reports that I've read so far, they didn't get into all of those details. All I know is that there were four other women that were permitted to testify about the uh, sexual abuse uh, that uh, they allege uh, they suffered from Mr. Weinstein. Their particular incidents were too old for uh, the prosecutors to be able to lay charges but I guess that uh, they made a strong case uh, to allow these women to testify to show the pattern of sexually abusive conduct. Uh, and uh, the, the acquittal on those charges, uh, the more serious charges, uh, had to do with questions the jury asked the, the court during deliberations, uh, and they and it suggested that the jury just didn't believe the testimony of those women. But right. you don't necessarily know why. Although right. you know whether they write books after the fact will become you know yeah, that'll be interesting. Uh, That's yeah. true. So are you going to be writing about that or? Uh... Well, that one uh, maybe down the line since it's not really a finished story at this right. point in time, but. Uh, uh, something else that was in the news uh, in the middle of February was uh, Utah, mm -hmm. who, uh, the state of Utah, the Senate uh, there voted to ban uh, uh, charges to be brought for polygamy, which previous to that was a felony and uh, punishable uh, with jail sentences. For polygamists. Yeah. Okay. And now they've reduced it to approximately the same level as traffic tickets. You know, you don't go to necessarily huh. jail. Uh, I guess there's a lot of pressure in that particular state since that is one of the primary states uh, due to the Mormon uh, religion there that allows for people to have more than one. It's usually wives. It's always uh, wives. It's not always wives. Pol otherwise it's, it's polyandry. Well, yeah. yeah. But okay. that obviously is because that can exist. But yes, it's Mostly men have more than one wife, right. although that's illegal in and of itself, just as is bigamy. Uh, but what's interesting in Canada is that um, notwithstanding, uh, you know, the tendency of some people, I don't think most people understand that according to the criminal code in any event, the simple fact of being in any kind, and it's like this is, the interesting, I find from a lawyer uh, point of view, any kind, which when you say any kind, that could be a, a very large circle you're creating, what could fit inside as the <laughs> kind. Mm -hmm. And any kind of a conjugal union with more than one person at the same time, whether it's recognized by the law as binding form of marriage, is an indictable offense. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure that, you know, with 35 some odd million people in this country, uh, that there has to be, a, you know, a fair amount of people that live in threes or fours. Yeah. And they believe that they're in a conjugal relationship. And if you take the strict meaning from the uh, wording of the article, they'd all be guilty. Right. 
But not then, saying that the, not saying that the situation or the system is running out to arrest all these people. Right. They have enough trouble with real, you know, drug dealers right, exactly. and rapists or whatever to go after these people. But but the fact is that I'm sure there are lots of people that are you know in a household where there's two husbands and one wife or you know or vice versa and and they don't believe and they may not have gotten married so I guess they would assume that they're not committing bigamy because they haven't had two you know marriage ceremonies right. to have you know supposedly so they figure this is fine but according to the words of the of the article yeah. No. <laughs> Somebody can go after you. Right. We're talking with Metro Linda Hammerschmidt, our family law attorney, who joins us every month to answer your questions. But um, from a, a family law standpoint, if you have uh, this situation where you have uh, three parents, let's say, three three people living in a, a throuple, uh, and raising kids or all living under the same roof or sharing expenses. Legally, how does that all work? Well, first of all, uh, when you say parents. Well, let's say a throuple. From a legal standpoint, unless, uh, let me think here, <clears throat> that two of the people had been married uh, legally and then there's somebody else that joined in and yeah. they're all sort of taking turns with the household and the groceries and the kids yeah. and whatever. Yeah. But that other person who isn't either the biological parent or the adoptive, legally speaking, parent has no rights or None. obligations, for that matter, to the child in question, no right. matter you know how long they stay in the, in the household. What about in terms of uh, separation of like, let's say they all, you know, they all own a house together or they all live together. Or they all own things okay. together. You're, you're, well, with all due respect, you're <laughs> mixing, mixing apples a and lot oranges. Of legal legal <laughs> uh, issues. Okay. If they own the house by deed, like each of them are on a title deed of the property belonging to X, Y, and Z, and right. it's for a third each. That's something entirely different than a couple who are married, only one person is on the title deed, and in Quebec, family patrimony applies, and therefore, if they were to separate and get a divorce, there's a claim by the non-title holder on the family property. Right. But the other person who's living there, unless they're on the title deed, would have absolutely no, no claim. Right. Just as right. if two people are not married but living together and one buys a house and the other lives there for 20 years and they separate, too bad because you have no legal right to claim anything All right. at the moment in Quebec. All right. We're talking with Maître Linda Hammerschmidt. Your questions answered tonight. We have uh, some on the text board coming up. So anything to do with family law, she will answer for you right Passion with Dr. Lori Batito on CJAD 800. Before I get to Metro Linda Hammerschmidt and your questions answered by her, I just want to share this uh, text. Earlier I spoke about, uh, I, I read an email from a gentleman whose wife he called her a snob, was embarrassed because 
uh, he is a plumber and a handyman and such. And when she introduces him, she says, oh, my husband's a chartered accountant. And he doesn't understand that. So this one person said, I was a city inspector. Master plumbers are worth their weight in gold. No plumbers equals no homes. Less than 1% have the ability to be a plumber. Gold, I tell ya. So I wanted to just share that. Uh, Maître Linda Hammerschmidt, enjoying the sun in Florida. He's divorcing her. He's divorcing her. Well, he's with her. He, I, yeah, we talked about that. I mean, if she's introducing him as a chartered accountant, <laughs> there's a problem. Yes, there clearly is a problem after 10 years of marriage, and she still hasn't accepted that her husband, and makes a good living, by the way. Uh, I'm so, sure he does. Yeah, exactly. So, I don't know. You know, well, that's some pretty, people. That's pretty sad when you don't support your spouse and... I was agree. He a plumber for the entire when he, when she got married. Is she, is he is she trying to allege that he was hiding that from her? Yeah, no, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. But she's pushed him to go to university so he can get a white collar job. <laughs> <laughs> Loser. Yeah. Uh, well. Uh, all right, uh, this uh, this is part of the Me Too thing. Dr. Lori, I'm a man living uh, with today with great apprehension regarding my approach towards women for my good romantic intention could be defined as sexual harassment or even assault or rape. Me too, I'm losing interest in today's women's triumph because of their lack of desire for men. I don't think it speaks about their lack of desire for men, but I do understand how some men feel today. Well, I've I've all, I've already written in the past that there should be a not me too movement <laughs> for men. Yeah, hashtag not me too. Yeah, because right. sometimes there are women out there. Let's be honest, that paint everybody with the same brush. If they say, "Geez, I like your shoes," or "I like uh, the color of your necklace," or whatever, and some people nowadays take that as a sexual harassment, which is completely ridiculous, by the way. Right. Well, yeah. We, and if you're have... not strong enough to take a compliment on your necklace, <laughs> your skirt, or your shoes, you really you need to go back to grade school. It's one thing if they tell you, though, you have a great rack. That might be well, taken as sexual harassment. I don't know. When I was going to see Jeff, <laughs> people thought I had nothing. So by the time I develop something, I'm happy that somebody <laughs> notices that I have a good rack. So, you know, it's like, thank you. I, I appreciate I'll that. I'll take it. <laughs> you know, instead of the guy that came in the classroom one time and said, hey, there's the girl with the cherry pit. Right. Unless it's your boss or somebody in a position of power. Let's be like, let's be serious uh, about this for a minute. I, you know, uh, it's hard for me to say because, as you know, I'm I'm shy and retiring and I don't oh, so voice much my so. opinions very often <laughs> out loud. So, but I, I would I find it very hard to be in the same position as those who are uh, unduly put upon in in a, a real way that is wrong. But the, my problem is that too many people take it to an extreme right. in this day and age, yes. particularly. I mean, everybody's sensitive about everything, and, and there's always somebody that's going to complain about somebody using some word in a completely innocuous and, and in good faith measure, and somebody else is going to write some horrible tweet about it. Uh, and use disgusting words, and they think that they're better than the person who just made the statement. Right. It's beyond me where we're going with, with, with you know. Nobody looks at intention. Good. Nobody looks at intent anymore. You know, it's t things are taken out of context without looking at 
people's intent or or what have you. Actually, somebody and just I wrote. I think that some people, quite frankly, want to get on the the whatever bandwagon of the moment is proceeding down the road, and the Me Too movement. In a, you know, while uh, full of merit on many levels, uh, was attached by people who, you know, have no business, like people who cry rape and they aren't, or, or, or in my case, in divorces where the mother says the father made sexual advances on the children oh. and knows that that's false, but right. she says it anyway to get ahead. You know, right. so right. they dilute, they dilute the real people who have real problems. I that much I agree. Apparently, there's a website called Men Too that started in India. So, well, Men Too to me sounds like they're being victimized by sexual harassers. Too. For oh, me, yeah. it's the mm. not Me Too, meaning right. I don't, per, you know, do that. Right, right. <laughs> All right, different topic. Uh, this person writes, but for my will, I don't suppose I can bequeath all my assets to my wife and children and none of my debts? <laughs> I don't think it works like that, does it? It's not that you bequeath them. It's just that anybody that has a debt, and that's part of the settlement of, of the estate. The only way to get out of that is if the person... <clears throat> knowing they're going to die at a certain point in time a year before files for bankruptcy and gets rid of all their debts. Right. So I want to ask you, not something I advise by the way. Okay. But I I've seen it happen. Right. I want to ask you about going back to uh, like false allegations, especially in, because I've seen it, I've heard it, I've known people who've gone through this, where uh, one parent makes these false uh, accusations or gets the police involved for no reason whatsoever, but just to get the police involved under false accusations. Yeah, it's a strategy. But the the thing is, I know somebody who whose ex-wife did this so that they immediately take the person the 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 supposed whatever whoever's being accused the father and they put him in jail until they can figure out what the hell's going on and then he has to hire a lawyer to defend himself so it just seems so it's the reason unfortunately is because what two decades ago at least uh, you know the police didn't take the complaints seriously enough and there were women that were killed and That's so true. the pendulum goes completely mm-hmm. the other way so that in order to avoid anybody dying uh, because they, the, uh, the complaint wasn't taken seriously, uh, they feel it's the cost of doing business in order to protect those people, even if you know non-perpetrators uh, are scooped up in the process and as a result have to, uh, as you say, uh, spend the night in jail if if it happened during the week, maybe more if it mm-hmm. happens on the Friday night, mm-hmm. and uh, hire a lawyer and get out of it. Right, and and but you know, it, I I truly believe in karma, so it'll come back to bite that person. I hope so. Where uh, it counts. Yeah, I find that it's just to me, it's, yeah, it's that's wrong. the it's nastiest. Wrong. It's the most vile behavior to make false accusations against someone to get back at them in a, an instance of divorce. Like, it's just something and, that is... And and worse, it's, this is the same person that God knows how many years prior, you said, I love you and I do, yeah. and let's spend our lives together. It I makes know. me sick, quite I know. frankly. I know. I, I always say, I don't know how you do 
the work that you do. <laughs> it's like, oh, uh, somebody wants to know, would a will written in an email or text be considered in the courts? Is that valid? No, not really. You can't have a mechanical version of a holograph will. It has to be, it can be typed out, but they have to be signed. And you can't sign it, not a, you know, and an I don't email, care. Yeah. It can't be a fake signature or like a photocopied signature that can do a docu-sign right. uh, by a technological uh uh, apps that you can have nowadays. Okay. So you can type one up that you want, print it out, and sign, sign and date it. it. Or you have one that you handwrite all by yourself and okay. sign and date it. And the uh, and there's the other form where, depending on whether it's handwritten or not, and two, there are two witnesses witnessing the person who signs it. They don't have to witness the person okay. writing out what's the content of the will, right. but they witness afterwards. And, of course, as I always tell everybody since, since ever I've been speaking on this issue, is get a notarial will in our province. It saves whoever's left over after the uh, person is deceased of having to go to court, right. get the other two forms exactly. probated so that they can get on with it. Right. More of your questions answered by Metro Linda Hammerschmidt coming up. So send them in at 514-800. Passion with Dr. Lori Batito on CJAD 800. A few more minutes left here with Maître Linda Hammerschmidt, a family law attorney who joins us every month to answer your questions and have interesting discussions always. Uh, so this text, you know what, Lori? What? Following that uh, <clears throat> break with uh, the spot on the coronavirus, did you know that the CDC offers grooming advice for men's facial hair based <laughs> on the effectiveness of the facial hair when you're wearing a mask? to, uh, you know, protect yourself from uh, cool. everybody else. <laughs> well, listen, there's... Uh, there's a and there's lot. not many of them, apparently, on this chart uh, that uh, uh, qualify as being okay. The That's rest right. are all problematic. That's right. That's what I <laughs> So, hear. guys, you might want to shave during this uh, period yeah. of crisis. Here's a couple of us. Uh, anyway, there's just some comments here, but our justice system is sickening. I heard on the news today that a man who had been convicted of killing his wife killed a sex worker while out on day parole. He repeated his behavior and he was sicked on society to choose another victim. I'm usually not in favor of the death penalty, but cases like this change my mind. Well, so, it's not so much the death penalty as had they not let him out on at day all. parole. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know. And obviously, the guy still has a couple of screws loose, so somebody's somebody messed the ball up exactly. big time. Another texter wrote: false accusations of elder abuse against family caregiver in order to exclude them from mandate or will. So I guess you must see that too. Or you... Well, I don't see that part so much, but certainly, uh, you know, there are allegations against all sorts of relatives for all sorts of things. Uh, to advance one's position uh, falsely. Uh, and again, it's it's just, you know, it's hmm. unfortunately human nature that uh, people, you know, try to skew the system to their advantage, and most of the time that involves hurting somebody else. Right. But to me, that's just vindictive. I don't know. I just, uh, I just find yeah, that yeah. vile behavior. Well, that's behavior. why, I, you know, I always say we're all bad code. 
Okay, here's the situation. So two kids in their teens, they do not want to go to dad's house. They'll go, they'll see their father, but they do not want to go to his house where he's living with his new girlfriend, the woman he cheated on his wife with. Can they be forced to go? Well, when you say teens, I don't know what that means, but the chances of them being forced to go, uh, and I don't know how uh, recent the separation and the introduction of the new girlfriend is, and uh, if it's in like recent or something, <clears throat> I completely understand why the children might feel that yes, way. Yes, it's recent, uh, yes. Or they feel that they're being replaced. It's not just the uh, ex-wife-to-be that might feel that way. I mean, they could also be being influenced by the ex-wife-to-be, but that doesn't mean that you can force a teenager to visit you, uh, you know, and there can be visits outside of the house, and you know, you're not going to end up with kids who are able to get on a bus or call a Uber uh, to stay at your house, you can't lock them up. You can't put chains on them. You can't, you know, put put big locks and bars on their doors when they're coming to visit you. It's just not going to happen. Right. And, so, and you can't uh, force them he, in the car either. Get, yeah. the, the, the father should uh, take their, con, their their feelings into concern and, and, you know, find something else to do outside of his house or rent a hotel room without the girlfriend and have them over for the weekend. Right. Five one four eight hundred. Still uh, a couple of minutes left. Anything else you want to share with us? Anything new happening? Anything new? Anything not uh, not uh, really, since I am on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> you know, anything new? Well, you know, it's decisions. Go shopping. Go to the beach. <laughs> you know, it's hard, it's hard work down here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, such hard work. This is the this is as much as it gets being on the air with me. Uh, so somebody wants to know, what age do the kids get to choose whether to go or not? Well, again, it's also always a question of the first of all the age and the maturity of the child because you can have some mature 11 year olds and some not mature 17 year olds but right. definitely uh, uh, children who are 14 uh, can be uh, heard by the court if if they want to have their uh, opinions known now everybody has to remember that regardless of what an expert report uh, is filed into the record that recommends or that the children testify to, the court is not bound by any of that. Obviously, the court will consider what they hear, but if they decide with the rest of the proof that the children are being alienated, uh, well, then they're not going to blanketly give in to the ch children's wishes, and they'll try to find some sort of accommodation to hopefully foster back the relationship okay. with the parent who's being alienated. But again, right. it comes down to the certain point in time. You can't force these children, unfortunately, to to uh, like the new situation just because you couldn't stay married to your spouse. Right. So I heard another situation where a, pa a parent refused to give the other parent passports or Medicare cards or things like that. So... Can a, a another one parent refuse to give the other parent passports? And can you make d double? You can't make two copies of a passport. So no, but you can have a court order that says that the passports and the Medicare cards have to follow the children because that the, the Medicare cards 
belong not to any parent. It belongs to the children. Right. The passport belongs to Canada. So, you know, they have no business. Uh, it's not a sofa and an end table and uh, these things. But, of course, needless to say, on a weekend visit uh, that the parent's going between, let's say, Beaconsfield and the town of Mount Royal, right. nobody needs a passport. Right, right. So it's just the Medicare card that should be transferred. And if somebody wants to take a, a trip, then they have to advise the other parent well in advance with all the details of where you're going, how long it is, what airline, what hotel, where's the contact number, when you're coming back. Don't be surprised if somebody doesn't want to agree to that trip if you, you say, I'm not going to tell you where I'm staying because that's BS. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, but you'd be surprised. I don't have to tell you where I'm going to stay. It's my vacation with the children. Well, I'm sorry. They're not in tables and sofas. Exactly, exactly. Or I, <laughs> I knew another case where the uh, father refused to say where he worked, Did so the, the ex-wife never <laughs> knew where I'm he sorry. worked. Anyway, I... I... As, as if... <laughs> I'd love to have that person on the stand and go, could you tell the court why you're not going to tell you know, us where you work, because obviously where you work has a bearing on what you're going to pay. Exactly, exactly. Another text wrote in, I would leave my father's place when I was a teenager. I just walked out the door and walked and took the bus to my mom. Sometimes I took my brother too. I don't know what the laws were then. This was when I was 13 to 18, so somewhere in the 2004 to 2009, I well, guess. Well, again, it's know. not a question of, you know, unless a parent at whose house they left is completely demented. You're not going to call police on your children to stop them at the bus stop and bring them back. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. Even if there's a court, and I understand that a parent who has a paper that says from a judge, you're going to have every second weekend this time or whatever, and then you keep having trouble getting that access because yes. the other one is vindictive. Yes. I can understand how can this happen or whatever. Unfortunately, crap happens every day in yeah. the world, and that's just part of it. And if you were silly enough to marry somebody who becomes that vindictive, part of it, the onus is on you. <laughs> yeah, a little too late, Just though. like the guy that we started the evening with here today who has a woman he's married to who introduces him with a fictitious job. Get right. rid of her. <laughs> well, but, I wasn't. You know, I, I wasn't no as straightforward as you, but okay. <laughs> yeah, ridiculous. You know. <laughs> Linda, enjoy the rest of uh, the beach time. I will. All right, we'll see you next month. Went to, went to dinner at the restaurant we went to across from where you stayed. Yeah, that's right. Well, I don't think we're going to be there at the same time, but maybe we no. will. No. <laughs> we'll see you next month. Take Always care. A pleasure. All right. Take care. That's Maître Linda Hammerschmidt. Uh, thank you all for your text. Thanks to listening. Thanks to our technical producer tonight, Nicole. You can connect with me on social media at Dr. Lori Batito or through my website, drlori.com, where you will find all the podcasts of all the past shows listed by date, listed by topic, etc. So you can catch up on whatever you've missed. Coming up next year on CJD, we bring you the CTV National News. Have a great rest of the evening and remember to live your life with passion.